Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Sunday, November 14th, including topics of inflation, which is plaguing America right now, and whether it's temporary or permanent. And then after that, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, which today is gaining huge steam in comparison to interest of the stock market. Then after that, we'll have a change of subject in which we will talk about the FBI data leak. And then moving on from there, it'll be a discussion about the vaccine mandates, uh, updates with those, and whether or not those are constitutional. Then we'll move on to um, the supply chain crisis, which will be our last news topic of today. And in that specific regard, how a CNN uh, and CNN host downplayed it. And then lastly, to finish off an episode, to finish off the episode, we will have a tweet from a CNN reporter that is quite contradictory. Um, this is not a targeting of CNN today. That just happened to be uh, the choices for today. But anyways, let's get started. To start us off on our news today, we have an article from the Daily Wire, and this one is going to be talking about the inflation that's been happening. So previous to me reading the article, I just want to read you the numbers so you have some context uh, for what we're about to look at. So the in, uh, inflation rates have been going up consistently since Joe Biden's uh, taken office. And so in, in December and January uh, 2020 to 2021, when Trump was still in office, the inflation rate was at about 1.4%. And then from there, uh, when, Trump, uh, when Trump left office, Biden took office. From January to February, it increased to 1.7%. Then to March, it increased to 2.6%. Then going into April, it doubled from 2.6% to 4.2%. And then from April to May, it went from 4.2% to 5%. Then from May to June, it went from 5% to 5.4%. June and July sat the same level at 5.4%. And then it actually dropped a tiny bit in August to 5.3%, then increased again to 5.4%, and then took another little jump in October uh, to 6.2%. So that is where we are at with the inflation, a constant or consistent increase in the inflation rate in America. And so the article title is Top Obama Economist, quote, quite unlikely that inflation will recede back to its normal rate, end quote. So Larry Summers, who served as Treasury Secretary under former President Bill Clinton and Director of the National Economic Council under former President Barack Obama, warned during a CNN interview late last week that it was unlikely that inflation rates would return to normal anytime in the near future. So he said, uh, quote, I think the odds that we are going to have inflation of a kind we haven't seen in 30 years until either the Fed's take some significant move with respect to monetary policy or until there's some kind of an accident that disrupts the economic growth we're enjoying, end quote. Um, he said that it's, uh, he thinks it's possible but quite unlikely that inflation will recede back to its normal 2% level without some significant change in the path we're on now. So that was uh, in a CNN interview, which CNN tends to lean left, um, or they do lean left, and you would think that the that Larry Summers would also and so naturally they would defend Biden which this is an interesting thing that on not only is Larry Summers someone who served under Joe Biden indirectly through Obama uh, as Biden was vice president at the time uh, is not defending him or saying you know oh it will go back to normal but in fact he's fueling it and saying that it won't go back to normal um, whether or not that's true we'll find out but that is the expectation by most economists that it will continue to trend upwards uh, and that it will continue to get worse for a bit and the worst we've seen in a while. And that's where we also see it 
come from him, but also on CNN, which naturally would tend to have people on who would defend Biden and say that nothing's happening. So we can see almost a switch slightly in mainstream media, not really, but kind of, um, as you can see them recently going against their normal trends of defending Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden. But here they are with Larry Summers and this interview where it kind of almost goes against uh, President Joe Biden. But moving on to the next article, we have it from uh, CNN Business, and the title of this one is Bitcoin and Ethereum Prices Jump to New Records. So this one is also talking about the market, but in a different way. Uh, so two cryptocurrencies have hit new milestones. Bitcoin hit an all-time high of $68,530.34 early on Tuesday, according to Coin Market Cap, And that's just a few weeks after it hit a previous high of nearly 67000 before sliding as much as 12%. The other one that hit a new record would be Ethereum, and that rose to $4,837.59, also according to CoinMarketCap. So the market has been quite bullish for Bitcoin, despite more than 13,000 cryptocurrencies listed on CoinMarketCap, uh, Bitcoin remains the dominant digital currencies. So... Um, it is, it is expected to continue going up, even with the criticism coming from J.P. Morgan's CEO, Jamie Dimon, who has called the coin, quote, worthless. Um, I think the main reason for this sharp uptick and continuous uptick is the, well, two things, the how simple it is to buy it nowadays. You can just go on your phone, go on Coinbase, go on Robinhood, all these other things, and just purchase it from right there. Um, and then also the fact that it's a quicker way to make money, also to lose money, but a quicker way to make money than normal stocks. So you see a lot of young people who just want a quick turnover buying into these things. Uh, for example, Bitcoin in the past few months has basically doubled from $30,000. So boom, you can double your money right from that. And then also from other cryptocurrencies, like one's called IoT, and that's gone from $0.06 cents to $0.50 cents in the past uh, basically two weeks. Um, even though that quickly dropped back down, it still increased uh, from six cents to fifty cents, where if you put in a hundred dollars, you could have made eight hundred dollars. So you can imagine you put in a thousand dollars, you can make eight thousand dollars. So you can see the quick turnover and profit from cryptocurrencies and how attractive that seems, especially to younger people who might be low on money and they can go, oh, I'll just put in twenty bucks and I'll pull out eighty bucks. Um, the other downside is that it's extremely volatile, as you can tell. So as quickly as it can go up, it can go down. Uh, so that's six cents for IoT before it went to fifty, dropped from thirteen. So you can see how how your money can have very fast and easily. Um, but the cryptocurrency interest is certainly budding much more than the stock market interest is. I mean, people are still putting money in the stock market, but they're not watching it or in, as, as intently as you would a cryptocurrency, partially because of the volatility. Um, but also the, the increased interest, as you know, it's going to go up uh, over time for cryptocurrencies. So that moves us on to our next topic, from the blaze and the title of this one is fbi's email servers hacked cyber attack sends threatening emails to over 100,000 people so uh, the email servers of the federal bureau of investigation were hacked on friday night the attackers were able to infiltrate the fbi's email system and send out threatening spam emails to over 100,000 people the FBI acknowledged on Saturday that its email servers were hacked, but noted the exploit systems were, quote, taken offline quickly, end quote. Uh, basically, the attackers uh, sent an email under the title or from the um, 
U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Cyber Threat Detection and Analysis Group, uh, which has not been in existence for multiple years. And they, they, th they sent it to them from that, or supposedly from that, uh, with that name, and put a subject as urgent threat actor in systems. And so there's been lots of cyber attacks this year um, against private companies and against the government. And frankly, there hasn't been much response to them. So the, the question uh, for this one is, will Biden and them actually respond to this? Or will they just say, this is bad, this happened, and then do nothing about it, and then let it continue on uh, with no punishment or response to those who did it? And frankly, it looks like it's just going to end up that way, uh, as it always does. And so the, the issue, I don't think, is really going to be solved. And you can never stop cyber attacks, but if... Say if China cyber attacks uh, attacked for uh, geez, Virginia America, America responding to that. If if China knew America would respond to it and do the same back, they'd be less inclined to do it. Um, and so, us showing no response, never doing anything about it, only incentivizes the the want for people to do these cyber attacks against America as they won't really pay any price for it. And so we'll see what happens in relation to this. It only happened two days ago. It only been addressed for a day. So we'll see um, what, what the government ends up doing about it. But until then, we move on to CBS News. And this one is titled, Appeals Court Halts COVID Vaccine Mandate for Larger Businesses. As we all know, or most of us do, uh, Biden, President Biden, uh, put in a vaccine mandate not only for federal government employees but also for larger businesses, um, and that means larger businesses means a business of uh, 100 or more workers. But a federal appeals court on Saturday temporarily halted this. Um, so. The real question behind these federal vaccine mandates that have been being asked are, are they constitutional? It's really untested waters. But I think there's two parts of this is, one, are they unconstitutional? And two, why is Joe, President Biden going back on something he said previous to his presidency where he said he wouldn't force this vaccine? And in case you don't believe me, I, I can actually play a clip for you. Uh, so I'll play that clip and then we'll resume our conversation about this. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I'll do everything in my power as the president of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing. So there is Joe Biden saying that he would not have a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. Um, and yet here we are in the world, funny place. Uh, it's almost like politicians like to contradict themselves and lie. Uh, you, it, it might make you think that, but I, I don't know. It's a questionable uh, proposition. But anyways, continuing on, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry said the action stops Democratic President Joe Biden from moving forward with his unlawful overreach. And so the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals granted an emergency stay of the requirement by the Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration that those workers be vaccinated by January 4th or face mask requirements and weekly tests. Um, there's two parts also to that forcing them is it's a federal government requiring a private company to do something with the health of health of their own employees um, but there's also then the next part of the state and so the vaccine mandate has been 
questioned on a constitutional level, and that's where you can look at past courts uh, and you can look at the case law of it. So the Supreme Court ruled in Jacobson versus Massachusetts that the state governments could block a and prohibit a vaccine mandate. So if Joe Biden did push this on, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, whether or not Joe Biden is constitutional or not, does have the ability to uphold their prohibit prohibition of the vaccine mandate with Jacobson and uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts being upheld and not overturned by the Supreme Court. So as long as that is not overturned, even if Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is in the the right and it is constitutional, it is also constitutional for Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott to prohibit such a vaccine mandate. Um, now, moving on from there, we go to our last article from Fox News. Uh, title of this one, CNN's Brian Stelter accused of mocking the very real concerns of working parents with grocery store photo. Uh, subtitle, always good to be reminded of the bubble that media figures live in. So, Brian Stelter is a host for CNN, and he inflamed American Saturday after sharing a photo of a fully stocked Wegmans with a caption that appeared to downplay the supply chain crisis. Across the country, consumers have been sharing images of empty store shelves amid supply chain shortages. Um, and But uh, Shelter, with his tweet, suggested that the situation was not as dire as some have reported by tweeting a photo of a fully stocked grocery store with a telling caption. Uh, the, the caption basically shows the, the, the milk area, and then it shows a woman opening it. And it says, basically, that she goes, the supply chain. And then he responds and says, look at this amazing overflowing abundance. And I really think that's a pretty pathetic example because I could easily go to a forest right by my house, take a photo of it, and then say, look, there's no wildfires in California. And it, just, it doesn't make sense that you take a photo of one thing out of thousands or hundreds of thousands and then consider that a representation of the entirety of it. Um, so if I'm able to do that with a forest... Or if he's able to do this with a store, I'm able to do that with a forest. So I might have to try that one and tell the Californians that, you know, they're exaggerating. They don't actually have any forest fires because the forest by me isn't on fire. Um, but uh, he kept mocking it, and people started responding, such as John Cooper, who said, yes, keep mocking the very real concerns of working parents across the country because your Wegmans is st well-stocked, Brian. Another person said, always good to be reminded of the bubble that media figures live in, which is where you get your subtitle of the article from. And then... Um, People started pointing out how milk usually comes from local uh, places that's not imported from other countries. So they started to show his lack of logic in his post um, and his poor choice of, um, I guess, groceries in which he chose to post about. Um, so that's where Joe Cunningham said, absolutely thrilled the cargo ships of milk finally came in from overseas. The nightmare is over, uh, which might be my favorite response. Um, and that's where people started responding to Stelter with their own photos of the depleted stores. And once again, the wildfire scenario doesn't work using one store and one part of the store to represent the entirety of the country, which is what Brian Stelter attempted to do, which I think is relatively poor and pathetic journalism from the journalist Brian Stelter. But we move on to our daily contradiction. So CNN's Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo tweeted out um, something for their show, The Handoff, and Don Lemon goes, in the, in the tweet, 
Does Trump get too much media coverage? That and more with at Chris Cuomo on hashtag the handoff. So you see this tweet and you go, well, that's interesting. An interesting question. Does Trump get too much media coverage? As he kind he tends to more than you know Obama did after his presidency. But we see this from Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo of CNN. And CNN TV tends to revolve around like four topics, that being masks, January 6th. Uh, Trump, and then the other one changes depending on what's happening. Uh, recently, it was Gabby Petito, but th- they tend to really only rotate around specific topics, one or two of which are based upon Donald Trump. Uh, January 6th, basically. I mean, that's that's based around Donald Trump. Um, and it's ironic that Don Lemon tweets this on October 26th, and then you see him on November 11th saying, the court throws hashtag Trump a bone temporarily, but for how long? And uh, it continues on, but... It then talks about also in that tweet, January 6th. So once again, as I said, every time they talk about January 6th, they're talking about Trump. And then he has another tweet from November 12th, the very next day. says, did the former president excuse the threats against his own vice president? So we see this, does Trump get too much media coverage? Obviously, Don Lemon does not believe he gets enough media coverage. And he continues to cover Donald Trump on CNN. And so... Uh, the daily contradiction would be Don Lemon probably thinks he gets too much that Trump gets too much media coverage, but also at the same time Don Lemon contradicts himself and believes that Donald Trump needs more media coverage, and it's very kind of him to have more media to make more media coverage for Donald Trump, um, as most of the other networks don't do that. So thank you, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, for answering the question for us. And the answer to the question. Does Trump get too much media coverage? The answer is no. Obviously, we need to double it, if not triple it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend.